Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, Wednesday the 7th of October 2020, and obviously this should have gone live yesterday, there's no point pretending otherwise, my eye is bad. If you follow me on what culture or my own personal stuff, you know I have a problem with my eye, it's called karma kicking my ass after, <laughs> after I took the mic out of Rey Mysterio too much, and you know I went to see a doctor, I got some stuff, and it kind of worked for a bit, then it got bad again, boring, 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 blah, 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 you don't need to know about my ailments. Uh, But it has kind of put me behind and it has kind of stolen some of my time away. I have crazy weeks anyway, which I'm massively thankful for and blessed and I never want that to go away. But it does mean, you know, trying to, well, it just means sometimes slip out of place. So I do apologize. It may be the case for some time as well because, well, put it like this. I'll give you a nice insight into my life. I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning like, oh my gosh, my eye is going to explode. Because there is something really wrong with my eye. Who knew this was even a thing? The only... um, I can't even think of the right word, but uh, I, can't, I can't even think of the word. But literally, the only thing the doctor can assume, because nothing went in my eye, didn't injure my eye. So he can only presume that some kind of dust or, you know, slight object in the Earth's atmosphere got in there just as I was about to go to sleep. And because obviously you close your eye, it was in there the whole time and basically scrubbed off the protective lining. And now I've got all this. That's not a thing. That sounds like something that I would diagnose somebody with when I dressed up as a doctor and been caught. But hey-ho, there are far worse things going on in the world right now. But just from my own little reality, if things seem a little bit off, it will be because of that. It's also why when I did impact ups and downs today, for the first time in five years, if you can believe it, I got a result wrong. (laughs) I thought the rascals had lost at Victory Road, but they didn't. They won. So there I am on ups and downs going, I can't believe I got it really correct. But look, once in five years, I'll take it. We all make mistakes. And it's kind of cool to be doing it on a Wednesday because I don't know if it's officially today, but the uh, dynamite that's going on in a few hours time is dedicated to Chris Jericho. 30 years of Chris Jericho, which is, is kind of mad. And I have such an interesting relationship with him in terms of a fan to him being a pro wrestler because I've always thought he was great like you know when especially when he was in WCW doing all the things with the in the 1004 holes or whatever it was his his spinal tap skits uh the security guard um you know all that just even his stuff with Goldberg which he wasn't meant to do and almost got in trouble for even though he shouldn't have done I loved absolutely every every second of it but he was never my guy I don't mean that in a bad way it's the same way that some people jumped on the Jeff Hardy train. And you should have jumped on the Jeff Hardy train. He's an absolute, he's a great, talented, professional wrestler, but some guy really liked him. And it was the same with Chris Jericho. Some people really liked him. I was like, I know he's good, obviously, and I want him to have a push and all these things that we talk about. But there are other people that I just prefer, right? That's the way that it can go. But over three decades, he's been pretty much consistent from start to finish. That run he had in, was 2008 with Shawn Michaels, was when he was Nick Bockwinkle, but still was absolutely brilliant. And really, it was the last couple of years, or maybe when he jumped over to G1 and became this kind of out-of-WWE star, that I was like, oh man, there it is. And I was connected with him on a new level. And I like the fact he's in a rock band, and I just I just appreciate his ethos massively. I mean, what a flipping hero he is. What hasn't he done? He's lived every single one of his dreams. So I'm quite inspired by him. But I just thought that was interesting, because it doesn't usually work like that. So, so, so let's say he clicked with me in... 
maybe the list of Jer- the list of Jericho persona, like you know, in 2016 with Kevin Owens, I think is my favorite Chris Jericho. I saw the debut of it again the other day, and it just made me laugh so much. So, but isn't that strange that also that would have been 2016? So let's say it's 26 years or whatever. 26 years of watching somebody, always appreciating their work, always you know getting why they were able to get where they were but them never being your guy for no reason other than fandom works in a strange way to all of a sudden being like oh my gosh i get it isn't it weird but still i'm quite excited to see what's going to go down there i think they'll have a pretty good show all in all we're also gonna get that dog collar match between cody rhodes the returning cody rhodes and Brody lee and what do we do here you know what do we do do we you know i don't feel like it's the right time to change the belt back but then that what does that mean that Cody's arc is going to be. I'm also having a Colt Cabana in the Dark Order. Does it help the Dark Order? They do retain the title because they do lose a lot. But this is what's interesting, right? We've got everything going on with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston and just a bunch of other stuff. I mean, let me see if I can actually get it up. This is the kind of stuff that I should probably... <laughs> I should probably prepare, but I didn't think I was gonna I was gonna be talking about this. They've got the rankings up for the week, which I always knows uh, sparks people off into life. Obviously, got the Chris Jericho tag match when I believe he's teaming with Jake Hagar. I always get confused whether it's him or Sammy Hagar because he jumps between the uh, Sammy Hagar. There you go. That ties into the news over the last twenty four hours, right? I was devastated when Eddie Van Halen died. I'm not, I understand not as much as the people that knew him, but man, the inspiration that guy had on my life. I mean, he was one of the reasons I picked up a guitar. I heard eruption. And I was like, I'd like to play like that. And here we are all these years later, and I still can't play like that. But still, we've got, um, talking about the show, yeah, we've got that tag match with Jericho and Jake Hagar uh, taking on Luther and Serpentico. We've got Brian Cage taking on Will Hobbs. And that's for the FTW um, title, I believe. So that will be kind of intriguing. I think that's on, that wasn't on Dark last night. Maybe it was. I don't think so, though. I think that's Dynamite. Um, and we've got a bunch of other stuff uh, as well. We've got Big Swole versus um, Serena Deeb too. So I think it'll be an interesting show. I think they're going to have something up their sleeve. I don't know why. That's just what I'm predicting. And in terms of this week in general, look, Victory Road, which I've already discussed, top stuff, really good, enjoyed it. NXT TakeOver 31, good stuff, really enjoyed it. I like the Capital Wrestling Center. Saw some kind of criticism to it. Felt like a cool, it kind of felt like the arena they should have set Raw Underground in. So I had no problem uh, with that. Really like Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole, what's going on today? I really like Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. I mean, no wonder they were both injured by the end of it. Uh, who was surprised by that? They kicked the absolute shit out of each other. And in terms of Raw, look, I thought it was better than last week. I thought last week's was quite problematic. I mean, the only issue with Raw right now is I don't really think they know what direction they want to head in, aside from the obvious. Um, you know, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre is good, but maybe we're pulling at straws to justify Randy Orton still being in that spot, but it's Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. So, you know, you can't you can't get too mad about it. I will say that I think Ali being revealed as the leader of Retribution is fantastic. Again, the only issue is that I don't think people, people, management, writers, whatever, planned this out. And I think it would have been better if it had been planned out. I think you could have had a lot more fun with it. Is it going to tie into the hacker stuff? We don't know that either. But, you know, the guy was going to have his huge chance and it wasn't the it sucked you know when he got injured but Kofi Kingston got put into that spot so again from a fan point of view it's hard to be too upset because you know who's, who's better than Kofi Kingston but he never really was put back into a position to see whether he could sink or swim and there's just something about him you know we were talking about connecting with wrestlers earlier he can talk he's got a really good heart which you, that sounds a weird thing to say, but it makes you relate to him more, especially if you see him on social media. Maybe that makes it quite strange that he's a heel, but whatever, man, you know, it's wrestling characters on television. I think it saves that group to a certain degree. 
not that they necessarily needed saving, but it makes them feel a little bit more legit. And it puts him in a position where WWE can't have him vanish from television. They have to use him to a certain extent. And I really hope that it all comes off because he, I tell you, you could do something with him. And look, people are moaning about it. Slapjack, T-Bar, uh, whatever the other, Mace. They were so fun and they were so entertaining on Twitter. It worked two ways with me. Firstly, maybe they knew they needed to do something, so I respect that. But on a much more basic level, I was entertained. And these guys are just trying to do their job. I'm pretty sure if they had free reign, they wouldn't have booked it like they were booked. So they took lemons and they turned it into lemonade, and I'm always going to respect that. And having Ali at the top of that, especially feuding with the Hurt Business. Who the hell is the face and the heel in that feud? I don't know, but I don't care. As long as it's good storytelling and I enjoy it. What happens to Ricochet and Apollo Crews is fascinating. I mean, I guess technically they have to join the Hurt Business if we're going to do some kind of big Survivor Series match and Cedric Alexander's not going to be back because he's been absent from TV recently. But that's what they should be coming up now. You know, how do we justify this? How do we get it all together? But uh, the, When it comes to a question of depth, though, what I mean is you know, going further through the, through, through the episode... You know, seeing Oscar, Mandy Rose and Lana taking on Zelina Vega, Lana and Natalia is just like, why? We, this is, you know, we're continuing these programs that are already done. Mandy Rose and Lana kicked Lana's and Natalia's ass. Mandy Rose and Lana. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke kicked Lana and Natalia's ass. Lena Vega and Oscar doesn't need to keep going. So, you know, that kind of blurs the lines. And I don't mind if Mandy Rose and Dana now remove themselves and go after the women's championships, the tag belts. That's fine. But, you know, WWE does have a tendency to groundhog things, these things, which is the same with the 24-7 title. You know, it's just R-Truth, Tozawa and Drew Gulak going round and round and round. And I don't necessarily find it as creative as I once did. And you can even say that with the Hurt Business Ricochet and Cedric Alexander there are a lot of feuds that have probably overstayed their welcome and now needs a little bit of shaking up but maybe WWE is holding fire to the draft which obviously goes down in a couple of days and talking of the draft I think maybe that's where Seth Rollins and Murphy comes into it although maybe you don't want to stop that I mean easy the most consistent thing that Raw's been doing for a while you know Buddy Murphy and Seth have maybe potentially who even knows fallen out after well they've been split up by love right because Aaliyah and Murphy are being a thing but I could see Seth Rollins going to SmackDown. I really, really could. Like, it's difficult because he's the top heel and Roman Reigns is a top heel. And that's probably what will stop it from happening. But Seth Rollins has kind of run out of opponents. And again, even all of this is an extension because Rey Mysterio got hurt. So you've got that Groundhog Day effect again. But I'm not going to be too critical with that because I do like it. I'm not saying it's the most entertaining narrative that I've ever that I've ever seen. But it's, you know, it's continuous. It's consistent. You can get behind it. You can choose who you like, who you don't like. There's a little bit of depth and a little bit of edge to it in the sense that Aaliyah's not a bad person, but she's falling out with her family who also aren't bad people. Humberto Carrillo is needless. <laughs> Poor guy gets absolutely ruined. But I think my big worry is that next week we're going to come back and, you know, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy are just going to be friends again. And that gets really tiresome. So I hope that we don't. I hope that we don't do that. And I hope that we at least tried to have some semblance of importance with the brand split once we get past Friday and Monday. I see him Braun Strowman just turn up and have a few with Keith Lee. And maybe it means you trade Keith Lee to SmackDown. And that's why they did it. And I don't think that would be awful too. It's kind of not the best indicament of WWE's booking in the sense that he's only been on Raw for about a day and you already feel the need to move him. And also, why do that feud? I don't want to see Braun Strowman beat Keith Lee. And I've got nothing against Braun Strowman, but I have... there's just something about Keith Lee that I want to see manifested and allowed to grow on the main roster. And at the moment, we're not seeing that because all of his matches end 
in a DQ, in a non-finish, somebody interferes, and we need to get behind him a bit more. And that doesn't mean that Braun Strowman doesn't have his place, but I don't feel like it's his time. You know, his time was a few years ago. It will come round again, but it would be cooler if we doubled down on Keith Lee. But I did enjoy their big man scrap. Didn't like the double count out because I just felt like a little bit uh, duped. Um, but I thought all the things they did afterwards. So maybe you could continue that on, but you need to have a plan. Talking of the draft two, Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt. I don't think you're going to move Bray Wyatt to Raw because I think long-term Vince McMahon still wants to do Roman Reigns versus Bray. So do you move Kevin Owens to SmackDown? Huge loss for Raw. No two ways about it. Like MVP, ironically, is the MVP of that show, but so is Kevin Owens. You can give Kevin Owens anything and he will find a way to make it work. Even the Alistair Black thing, which has no justification. <laughs> it's like if somebody breaks into my house right now and steals my money. And then I blame you, the listener, because you weren't here to help me out. That's kind of the Kevin Owens, Alistair Black story. But because Kevin Owens is so good, and Alistair Black, he, he plays a part in that too. I kind of just forgive them. But now he's, yeah, like Kevin Owens almost transitioned into this program with Wyatt, which I actually quite like. There's just something about it that, I don't know, I, I, maybe again, it's just because they are it's it's silly and it's B-horror movie, but everybody involved is treating it as seriously as they can, right? And that's all you need to do. Don't insult me as a viewer. Play your role perfectly. I like the Alexa Bliss stuff. I just don't know what we're going to do and we'll find out. Well, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't. I, there's an extra draft on Monday, but I don't know if we're going to do the majority of the big guys on Friday or it's just SmackDown guys on Friday. I can't remember what we've done before, but you know, Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt, Alistair Black. Somebody actually pitched to me that maybe Alistair Black forms a new stable with uh, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, with Alexa Bliss in their corner. Well, in their corner, she's a wrestler, right? So she could do it too. I like the idea. I mean, it's a lot of movement going on, but is Alistair Black essential to Raw? Don't think so. Or uh, well, at least he hasn't been treated that way. Uh, but it's it, it's interesting enough. It, it, it is interesting enough, which doesn't sound, sound like the best uh, the best sell job, but I like it. Really enjoy everything they're doing with Bianca Belair. Terrified she's just going to vanish from TV again because it's happened a lot, but it's good. S somebody out there was saying, oh, it's really cheesy. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's it's well executed, and it reminds me of Mr. Perfect, which makes me, uh, which makes me happy. And um, I think that's pretty much it, right? The main event of Raw was decent. Just a six-man tag. Drew McIntyre getting pinned for the first time since Survivor Series 2019. Hopefully, we make a bigger deal out of that next time, you know, Drew's on the screen. The commentators kind of touched on it, but I think we should ram that home because that's a huge deal. Also makes me question what the hell we're going to do at Hell in a Cell. Because I assume that we were doing this for Randy Orton to win the belt, but now he's got a technically a clean win over the champ, kind of. That puts that up in the air. And I'm really worried about how many Hell in a Cell matches we're going to do. Because you've got Drew and Randy in the cell. I'm pretty sure, I'm second guessing myself now, but I'm pretty sure Roman made it clear he wanted Jey Uso in the cell with an extra stipulation. And then I'm going to guess that Sasha Banks and Bailey will be in there too. That's too many. I would only have one if I'm honest. But look, again, you say all this and then the matches could be really good and it doesn't matter. Didn't really mind Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeating the Riot Squad for the titles. It's not that the Riot Squad have been treated great. Nia Jax and Shayna Brazer are an okay tag team. I mean, I like them individually, but I'm not... Again, it feels rushed and it feels put together. They kind of whooped their ass, which was a shame, but ultimately, it, I thought it was fine. Like, you know, I thought it was fine, and the, the Ali turn came soon after that. So, you know, when I went back through the show, I was like, yeah, I can handle that. I don't, I don't really have a massive issue with it. When it comes to WWE, I think the best thing that's going on is Roman Reigns, you know, on the SmackDown last week. Uh, you can probably debate maybe we're stretching out the Jey Uso thing a little too far, but I don't mind them going at it again. I have massive sympathy for, for Jey Uso because he's able to to conjure that up. And the Roman Reigns character is just everything I wanted Roman Reigns to be since day one. 
maybe not since day one, but if they had done this in 2016 or 15 after the Rumble, and if they had done this when the, everybody was booing him after the Undertaker loss, it could have sparked something incredible. But we didn't do it, so there's no point worrying about it. And the irony now is that we'll get to the point where we love him so much, we'll turn him heel, and then he'll be the guy that Vince McMahon always wanted him to be. And given this was the same pathway with The Rock, I find it astounding that somebody didn't go, Vince, do it. Maybe they did, I don't know, but... Yeah, it's uh, he. He's fantastic. The Tribal Chief Rock Paul Heyman is a great addition because it adds a certain sense of uh, authority and realism, as he always does to that act. And look, I'm all for freshness, man. I'm all for new matches. So having uh, you know Jay Uso in that role it is cool. Like it will run its course. But if you need to get through another pay per view before before doing something else, that's all right. The only worry I have with this draft is, again, and it's just fantasy booking that people are doing, is that Bailey and Sasha Banks are going to be drafted to different shows so that WWE can hold off their big match till WrestleMania. Look, I like that in principle, but I think you need to strike when the iron is hot and you have no idea what's going to happen in the six months. It may even be too diluted by then, even though you could take this thing. The problem is the idea that Sasha Banks gets in the Rumble and is able to finally get her revenge on Bailey by winning it is such a good story. But I don't think you can pull the trigger on that on the night of October which is when it will be or potentially the 12th I just think that's too far away and then you'll be like well Simon everybody criticizes WWE for not embracing long-term storytelling but they have embraced long-term storytelling with this and I think that may be taking it too far it doesn't mean that you maybe you can't have a few matches and there's and then there's some kind of divide before you do them I mean they're meant to be having a match on Friday on Smackdown I can't believe that's actually going to go down you've got to imagine that something happens and that's how they justify Hell in a Cell but I was very surprised to read that. I was very, very surprised to read that. I was like, we're doing the match just like that? Is there a reason for it? But I, again, I don't like I don't like jumping on it because I could be utterly wrong and I could watch it and be like, oh man, no, that was the best thing ever. Do it again. Do it some more. So yeah, I think WWE's all right. Like We're building to Hell in a Cell, which is how they're going to get that in the performance center. No, what's it called? The Thunderdome. I don't know, but they always find a way. Maybe we have a brand new cell, which wouldn't be the worst idea in the world simply because I think it needs a new look to get over what happened last year. That's right, we're one year removed from the horrendous Seth Rollins Bray Wyatt stuff that just changed the face of the company when they had um, they had no uh, intent to do so. Really cool seeing Tony Storm and Ember Moon back in NXT as well. I wanted to mention that. Ember Moon was never really given a proper bake on um, Raw or SmackDown. I never really understood why. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, so I certainly won't uh, cast aspersions. And right now, I think the G1 is, is pretty damn fun. It's always weird. Because I haven't watched New Japan since the pandemic, so it's always weird to get back into a product when there's no fans. If you're watching the A block, you know that it's pretty much good match, good match, good match. But I'm liking some of the B block stuff too. And as I do record this, the Abushi um, Shingo Takaki uh, card, we'll call it, is just finished. And uh, I, I, the only thing I've seen is Will Ospreay versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't think it's the best match of the tournament by any stretch of the imagination, but Suzuki is just... Suzuki just doesn't take any crap. And that is why he is so, so, so much fun to watch. Um, in terms of who I think will win, I just had the list up. Where's it gone? I'll get it back in terms of the... So top of the A block is Ibushi, White, Osprey, and Okada with eight. And top of the B block is Tetsui Naito with eight, two. Uh, and Evil, Yano, Robinson, Atama, Hashi are right behind with six. I still think Will Ospreay is going to win it because I think they want to start transforming him into a proper heavyweight. But you can go a lot of ways with it. Akada could win it, really, and that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Maybe a little bit, not boring, but obvious, all things considered, but we'll have to wait and see. And in terms of Raw ratings, I know people like to talk about them. It did like a 1.6 or something, which isn't great. 
I mean, you know, 20 years ago, we were doing an 8.4 and now we're doing a 1.6. But it did hold up against competition from the NFL and the football. And, you know, I think there was some basketball and some uh, a baseball game too. I just don't care. I know it's an interesting talking point. Obviously, it's a good barometer to see are we going up or are we going down. But it, it is what it is. You know, I want all wrestling companies to be successful. I'd rather Impact had more viewers. I really like what Ring of Honor is doing, this pure Ring of Honor stuff. You know, NXT, Dynamite, whatever. I want numbers to go up because I just think that it's better for competition, it's better for fans, and it's better for confidence and morale and everything like that. Um, especially with all this stuff going on with the uh, the Twitch and the Cameo accounts, the rumor that WWE is going to take all that over and, you know, lower some of the uh, the talent's, um, well, financial bottom line, to be honest, which I, I, can't, I can't see any kind of justification for it. And when I read it, it kind of, it kind of blew my mind. But hopefully, hopefully there will be a nice resolution to this, although sadly, I doubt it very much. Right, I want to get to some questions uh, too, just in case my eye blows up <laughs> and the podcast just stops. And we're going to start with the most important question of the day, which is from my man, Luchasaurus. Make sure you go follow him at Luchasaurus on, on Twitter. Someone that I'm very biased be- towards. Not going to pretend otherwise. Smashing it in AEW right now. And his question is nice and simple. Where the hell? Where on earth is the dino representation in professional wrestling? Look, it's a really, really good question. As far as I know, Luchasaurus is the only dinosaur in uh, in professional wrestling right now, which is not right. We've had turkeys. I think we had a bear. And we've had other forms of animal. But the dinosaur is... It's just... There's just none. And it's not right. We need more dinosaurs in pro wrestling. And on a slightly more serious note, I just want to say, how good is Luchasaurus? And I mean that literally, in the sense that it takes some real doing to get that kind of gimmick over. And not only is it over, it's absolutely perfect in the world of professional wrestling. He's so damn entertaining. Talking about ratings and statistics, apparently kids absolutely love him. And look, I'm a man in his 30s, and I love him too. So he's he's certainly, you know, bridging genres um, and bringing age gaps. I just think it's great. I think it sums up. It's one of these characters and gimmicks that sums up everything I love about pro wrestling. Because when he's in the ring, I totally believe he can whip your ass. And when he's outside the ring, he's really entertaining. On BTE, especially this week, when he's doing all this stuff with Anna Jay and Ty Conte, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. So yeah, shout out to my man, Luchasaurus. I totally agree with him. Where is the dino representation? Why is he doing it by himself? We, it's, 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 a, it's a problem that needs to be fixed. We need to have sorted it yesterday, and we have not. Luchasaurus, I've got your back. I will do what I can. Even morphing, I will morph into a dinosaur. It happened in the Mario Brothers movie. Remember that? When Bowser, or whatever the hell they called him in that. I think they called him Bowser, did they? I can't remember. He was a dinosaur. He turned into a dinosaur. Even though he was a man, because he drank some juice. Man, that film is bad. <laughs> uh, James, aka Chunk, also says, What's the one event you really want to do retro ups and downs on that never gets picked? Well, I would like to do SummerSlam 2002, because I think The Rock versus Brock is a great main event, but it's off the table for a while now. It's like Meltzer's Hall of Fame. It was on, it's on the poll for like two months, and then nobody ever votes it in, so even if I see it, I'm taking it off for a while, because I like variety. Otherwise, what else would I like to do? Any sort of old-school WrestleMania... It'd be cool to do like a WrestleMania 13 or, or even like a Royal Rumble 92, something like that. I think would be really good. But I, I think only those two have been on the polls for, for one. And I'd like to get to WCW, do a Bash at the Beach 96, a Halloween Havoc 98, any of the Starcades, maybe the Hogan Sting one, because from a, a historical point, there is so much to talk about. My word, what a disaster's a bit strong, but it's just fascinating when you do start reading about it. But something like that. But I'll do anything. Like I didn't think the... 
uh, when we did the highest rated Raw, it would do as well as it did. And it turned out I had a blast. It sounded like you guys had a blast too. And I was like, awesome. This is why Retro Ups and Downs is the best. Nathan Martin wants to know where... Did I leave my wallet? And then I've accidentally clicked something and taken that off. Hang on. Where did I leave my wallet? I sure it was on the landing by the front door, but I keep going there and it's not. I stole it. I broke into your house and just in case anybody cuts this, that was a joke. Obviously, I did not do that. I am not a criminal. Nathan, look in the last place. What do people say? That stupid thing. Where was the last place you saw it? Well, if I knew that dingus, I'd know where it was. And that's me just talking to a random person. Uh, me maybe, says, I never thought we would get a dog collar match this year. Any other odd stipulations you think we may see before the end of 2020? No, I agree. It did come out of nowhere, but I like it because both guys are so damn intense. And when people are that intense, I get into it. I mean, I hope we don't get any honor poll matches because I feel like we ran them out in 2000. I don't, that's a good question because we've already had so many that like the Boneyard match was pretty crazy. An eye for an eye match was pretty crazy. I think... You know, you could probably still do a bull rope match in AEW. I think they would bring back, I say, like a level of um, intensity to that too. But that is such a hard question to answer because I'm with you. I never would have thought we would have got half the things we did in 2020 and then the world shut down. But that's the world. Uh, Robert says, also, oh, you've asked two, but I haven't got your other one. We'll just do this one. How do wrestlers find and pay for gyms back in the before times when they travel? Do they just Google Gold's Gym and pay some kind of one-day membership? Or does the promotion provide gym membership? That's a great question. And I like to think, Rob, that you, I like that you think that I know. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I've read a lot. It's, it's twofold. Yes, you know, pay-as-you-go gyms are pretty prevalent now. And also... Most people that go to the gyms are going to recognize a pro wrestler. Like if Drew McIntyre walks into your gym, you're probably going to let him train for free just because it's cool. Maybe you ask him to do a shout out or whatever. So I imagine it works like that. And uh, wrestling's been around for so long. The wrestlers probably tell each other, if you're going to be here, go to this gym. They'll sort you out and so on and so forth. You know, uh, when you have that kind of level of celebrity, it does come with some with some nice perks and i would guess that would be that would be one of them isabel says what song is a perfect wrestling entrance theme that hasn't been used as such and for whom hi from honduras simon that's incredible hang on what is a song that is oh, i see so like in the real world well i always think the metallica would be good but i think they actually work better for vignettes and promos like both wwe and nxt have done man i mean maybe something from system of a down i mean you need something that has a build explodes and then goes into a riff that allows a wrestler to walk i'll sit on that one i'll get back to you my man samuel says what is stopping wrestling from unionizing oh it's a word isn't it unionizing especially after what happened this year layoffs covid non-safe environments well look i'm not really the person to talk about this because i'm not within the field and i think you'd have to ask somebody who was there but from an outsider third person perspective it just seems to me and going off the stories for when jesse ventura tried to um uh, unionize back in the day you have to get everybody on board to do it and given how the wrestling culture is structured if one person doesn't want to because they see an opportunity for themselves it's going to bring the whole thing down so it would take a proper us versus them uh, effort i think it would be great i think it would help wrestling uh, especially given the stuff we talked about about five minutes ago and you know Paige was out there tweeting that she's been reading about that stuff so maybe something is coming i don't know like the locker room Sound, it, we'll talk about WWE specifically, but the locker room sounds a lot more friendly than it used to. I remember when I heard some of the Attitude Era stories, I was like, man, I couldn't survive in that environment, probably because I'm too much of a wet noodle. But now everyone sounds like they're friends and it's happy and that would just work better for my for my mental well-being. But yeah, it's uh, again, I think more about that is going to come out. I still think it's crazy that WWE has done this or Vince McMahon, whoever you want to quote unquote blame. It's not the right word. 
I, I don't see who it benefits. It doesn't benefit them. It's just trying to massive spotlight on what is a serious flaw in that whole um, contract situation. We will watch this space. Uh, Peter O'Brien says, how can you watch so much wrestling without getting burnt out? Because, Peter, I'm a very lucky and blessed man who then gets to stand in front of a camera, uh, make a video about said wrestling, and then release it onto the world and get instant feedback and all of that. It is a very, very nice way to make a living and i'm like i say before i say again i'm very very blessed and i always keep my feet on the ground and remain humble so even though every now and then i may be like oh i don't want to watch more wrestling i catch myself i think simon what did you just say like some people do not even get to say those words so i slap myself around the head and i make sure i get on with it tenterhausen says you and me simon 2021 2021 strap match questions though any wrestlers out there you're particularly excited to work with well now anybody anybody because, again, I was meant to be having a few wrestling shows, but it's just not happening here in the UK. It just can't, given the, the rules that are coming in. Right now, I'm just excited to wrestle. I mean, anybody of any name or any note would be incredible. But it, there's so many good guys in the UK as well. I mean, there really, really are. I'm not going to sit here and name them because I forget one, then I regret it. But most of the guys that have, I've been in locker rooms with, I'd love to have a match. Especially right now, because I think... I would go back with such a new perspective on what wrestling is. I used to really beat myself up and get nervous. Now I think I'd go back and not have, well, I had fun. And I take, I'm not saying I wouldn't take it seriously, but I would, I would pitch myself so much differently than I did before. Because I think we've all gone through kind of a wake up moment this year, but uh, hopefully soon, hopefully soon. Johnny says, assuming Cody doesn't win that dog collar match, what is next for him? Man, I have no idea. You could go back to the MJF stuff. That's still unresolved. Uh, you know, if Kenny Omega is going to do a full heel turn, there could be something there. Jericho and him have unresolved issues. I have no idea. I genuinely don't. And that's why I find AEW so enthralling. George says, if you consume the product much like we did as kids, what random wrestlers would you believe to be amazing or the baddest man going? I remember thinking the Warlord was a monster as a kid. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to be that guy, but Luchasaurus, 100%. Can you imagine? This dinosaur's like, he's still alive and he's being a wrestler. That's the coolest thing ever. Same with Jungle Boy. I think Marco Stunt, you, I, mean, I get behind these guys anyway, but I think Marco Stunt, given his size. So that group entirely. Pentagon, surely, because he looks like something out of your nightmares. So, you, you know, you would vibe with that. Otherwise, I mean, I think Roman Reigns would, because obviously he did beforehand, because he does look like a superhero. And then I'm trying to think, I mean, The Undertaker, I don't know if that counts, because he's, re you know, he's retired now, but... You know, he's not that long not long removed. I think that would get any kind of a child. And it did me, right? And it's those kind of characters, Kane, The Undertaker. They're the ones that I massively remember now because it's just like, what, what do you mean this guy's dead? What are you talking about? So I think it's just the larger-than-life guys. But um, that's a really, really good question. And I, I always like to remind myself that wrestling is for, is for kids. I mean, it's for everybody. But most people get into it when they're a child. So that's why, even though I may not necessarily get on board with something that somebody's done, I always remind myself, yeah, but if a kid loves it, that's all that matters. And I've been to a few shows with my mate's children, and they think it's the greatest thing ever. And that actually is, is flipping awesome. Uh, Chippy says, what would you change about WWE storytelling? Just more consistency across the board. You know, take what you're doing with Roman and Jey Uso, take what you're doing with Sasha Banks and Bayley, um, even take what you're doing to a lesser extent with Murphy and Seth Rollins, and just allow everybody to have stories like that. Let them build. And I'm not talking about stuff like Oscar versus Lena Vega, which I criticized earlier, because that came out of nowhere. And even though we're carrying on with it, you know, if somebody came up to me now and said, Simon, what's what's their beef about? Like, I don't know. She just wanted a title shot. Whereas with the other three feuds that we've gone through, there's actually stuff you can sink your teeth into. So, yeah, I'd like to see more of that. Graham Wright says, as it looks like the Hurt Business is feuding with Retribution, it would make sense for them to have a female member. I thought this was going to be Ember Moon, but not now. Any thoughts on who you would like to join them? In the Hurt Business, 
That's a good question. I mean, you could put Bianca Belair in there. Doesn't see why she has to be a face. And the Hurt Business aren't really faces or heels to begin with. Um, it needs to be somebody with attitude. So I wouldn't say someone like Natalia or Alana. No disrespect to them. I mean, if Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax weren't together, Shayna Baszler 100%, I think that would be absolutely brilliant. That's a really good question. They probably do need a female member too. I think that would set them apart. I'm desperately going through the roster trying to think who would work. I actually think someone like Carmella wouldn't be too bad, but maybe she's the gimmick's a little bit too cheesy given what they teased on SmackDown. I think Shayna Baszler would be my top choice or Bianca Belair, but I don't think they're going to do either of them. Harry Balls <laughs> says, or Harry Balls, can the draft actually work this time? It always seems to disappoint. I mean, it depends what the plan is going down the line. It's always exciting, right? It always pops a rating. There'll be one huge move because I presume there's going to have to be. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, going, I'm going to reserve judgment. Let's just type it in and see if anybody's talking about it with any kind of rumors. I imagine it's going to be a lot of, well, yeah, this could happen straight away. This can happen. Mock draft. Five surprises. I mean, let's click this. Five surprises. This is on Sports Kida. I've never been to Sports Kida. Um, they split up the Hurt Business. Absolutely do not do that. That would be the worst thing ever. Okay, well, that's a down <laughs> straight away. Uh, split up the New Day. Well, you wouldn't be splitting them up. I don't mind them having them on different brands as long as there's still a thread running through them because I love the New Day. Uh, Retribution becomes exclusive to SmackDown. No, just keep them on Raw. It's been too all over the place ever. The whole Sasha banks Bailey thing, I'm not up for that. I just think it's too far away. And Miz and Morrison end up on different brands. Yeah, I think that would be fine. I, if anything, I'd move Morrison and actually try and treat him like a main eventer because that's what I think he is. I think he's great. Justin Morrison, hypothetically, if Vince started caring about the tank division, what are some teams you'd like to see created or pushed? Well, I think the Street Profits are awesome. And I think Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are awesome. They just need good opponents. It's why I'm quite glad that Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode are actually back together as a team because I think if WWE does right by them, they'll be a huge... Uh, benefit all around i think that'd actually be some really good feuds and it will establish street profits as an even better team otherwise i mean yeah i mean there's so many people you could put together or so many people that we uh that we did have that we never got the chance i think realistically if you want good tag team wrestling you should watch AEW and you should watch uh, impact that's you know of the shows i watch i think the best tag teams in there there's also a report going around right now if you care that apparently rousey's wwe contract ronda rousey of course expires in six months so you can do with that whatever you choose to do iris wrestling entertainment says would you rather take a big chop from the big show or a kendo stick to the back from steve blackman well, 100% of Kendo stick to the back from Steve Blackman, because then I get to meet Steve Blackman. I'd also like to meet the Big Show, but I have met him. So I kind of feel like I've ticked that box. And Steve Blackman is one of the best wrestlers that nobody talks about anymore. So always that guy. Uh, Joseph says, would Shawn Michaels still be considered a GOAT, or the GOAT, if he never had returned after WrestleMania 14 for the redemption run, and the perception of him was a tyrant, selfish, overall bad person? Well, I think some people still painting him with that brush, and that didn't affect anything. So I wouldn't worry about that. I think he would still be up there, yes. I think there's enough in his locker that you could say this guy was was amazing. But ultimately, he did come back. So it's almost a redundant question. But I would say yes. I think maybe not the GOAT, but he'd be up there. I don't think people would be, you know, be too mad if you if you sung the praises of um of Shawn Michaels, even pre his his big comeback. Jay says, which wrestling stable or faction has the most potential in any wrestling brand, the Hurt Business? 
um, and the inner circle if MGF does indeed breach them and kick out Chris Jericho, which I think would be absolutely brilliant. Chucks says, what are your views on deathmatch wrestling? And are you surprised to see deathmatch wrestlers make their way to WWE and AEW? No, absolutely not. Because you should never be pigeonholed. Just because you're a really good deathmatch wrestler doesn't mean you can't be a really good mainstream American wrestler. Uh, deathmatch wrestling is not for me, but my whole take on wrestling is if the two guys or girls or whoever in the ring are happy with everything that's been laid out and they want to do it, they should be able to do it. That's where the creativity comes in. Do I personally want to watch deathmatch wrestling? No, because I'm a giant wuss. Uh, Mole says, how many Palumbos could Chuck Palumbo Chuck if Chunk Palumbo could Chuck Palumbos? The answer is obviously seven. Steven says, what do you think of Miro Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki at 52? Still going strong, especially in this G1 climax. I think he's just unreal. I mean, you've taken the words out of my mouth. He's He's ridiculous. And when you think about everything he's done in his career already, how are we still smashing it? I will never understand. But yeah, great. Loved his match with Osprey. Pretty much loved everything that he's done uh, He's done so far. So um, who knows how long he'll go. Maybe he'll go to 60. <laughs> 60 years old. And you still think he could kill you, a six-year-old man. Uh, Reese says, are you going to get a PS5 or an Xbox? And is the Game Pass xCloud the future of gaming? Do you think this is the last next-gen console? No, not really. I think PlayStation and Sony will, will hold up on that for a while. I really do like what Xbox is doing, though. I'm going to invest in all of them and whatever Nintendo. I think it's nice they all have a different perspective on games. I think it's important. Fever Dream says, how does WWE become popular again? The popularity of the late 90s may never happen, but maybe 2008-ish is achievable. You just need a top star. In the late 90s, you had two top stars because you were very lucky. And in 2008, John Cena was smashing him. That's what you need. Tim says, can Keith Lee be saved? He seems buried already. I see where you're coming from. I think that's a little bit too extreme, a little bit too soon. Um, I think he hasn't been buried. He's just kind of been treading water. And that's not his fault. He needs to be put in a feud with a big guy and he needs to win. And he needs to win. He needs to come on top. He needs to start getting victories. Because then if you don't know who he is, you'll start to believe in him. And you need to let him cut more promos. You just let him... You need to let him do the basic stuff of professional wrestling, and that man will absolutely fly. Stuart says, when should Otis cash in his money in the bank contract? That's a hard one, because if he cashes it in now, Roman Reigns is just going to kill him. But maybe there's worth in that. Like, in the same way that I love Jey Uso, I have a certain love for Otis. Maybe it would actually, you know, make him more sympathetic, and then I'd root for him more. That's a tough one. But I don't want him to lose it. I'd rather he got his opportunity. Let's do something different. Uh, old Al says, how would you book Miro to become a main eventer in AEW? Oof, I mean, just do what you were doing before. Because he became one of my favorites just by being him. So hopefully he'll be able to do that even more in AEW. And then naturally, you will just want him there. But there's, there's many ways and means. I'm kind of confused with their storyline at the moment, being the best man and Billy Mitchell being on AEW. I never thought that. There you go. There's something else I would never have called at the start of 2020, Billy Mitchell being in AEW. But maybe they become the tag champions. Why the hell not? Robert Jackson says, your favorite Jericho promo and match. My favorite promo is anything with the list of Jericho. Uh, round two, not the one with the Dean Malenko. Although I'd put that up there too. And in terms of his best match, I mean, I'm going to have to type in best Jericho matches because it's not going to come... It's not going to come to the top of my brain. Uh, let's go here. Best Jericho matches. So number one, this list has got the WrestleMania match against Shawn Michaels, which is probably up there. Also got the No Mercy ladder match with Shawn Michaels. Hmm. It probably would be one of them, I would guess. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I'm trying to see. I, the No Mercy 2001 WCW title match with The Rock just came up. I always enjoyed that 
I thought it was a brilliant match. I'd have to, I haven't watched these old school Chris Jericho matches in so long. Probably one against The Rock. I always thought those two guys were really good together. Uh, Nail Nation says, do you think Orton would hang up the boots in the next three years? I doubt it because he's still a main player and making a lot of money. And he's really smart in the ring, especially with the, the reduced travel. He'll probably go for even longer. Uh, Boss of the World says, who do you think should next face Drew McIntyre and, and or Randy Orton for the WWE title after this feud is finally over? Well, I would say Keith Lee, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, Bobby Lashley would be a contender, but it seems like he's still going to be the US champion, so he won't be in a position to do that. Or at least I hope not, because I hate it when WWE does that. Look, that's the reason I think they're prolonging this feud as much as they are, because they don't have anybody ready. You know, I'm going through the roster in my head. If Randy Orton wins it, he could do Kevin Owens, but he's preoccupied. Maybe Alistair Black, maybe they're trying to build him up so he could take on Drew McIntyre. That can be a feud. They need to They need to get more people ready for, for these kind of trigger moments, right? That's, again, going back to the earlier question, that is certainly something that WWE could do. John says, how do you feel about Glow not getting another season? I was really gutted when I read that. But that's the pandemic, man. It's it's taken away a lot of things. And that was sadly just another one. Lee says, what would your retribution name be? Obviously, Q-Ball, nice and easy. Uh, Tom says, does Repo Man pay you for every time you mention him? No, man, I pay him. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Repo Man, greatest gimmick ever. Uh, Eugene says, what's the worst live wrestling event you've ever been to? No such thing, my friend. Wrestling live is is brilliant. It's always so much fun. And it's what I tell people that sometimes get a little bit uh, burned out on wrestling. Go watch it live. You'll remember. I mean, not now because we can't. And there's no atmosphere. But uh, but still, it's um, there's something really, really special about it. Ewan says, what do you think should happen with Ember Moon and NXT? I think she should win the championship. Not necessarily straight away, but I certainly think she should win the championship because... Um, you then reestablish what she was like before. But just take your time. There's no need to rush and see where we get to. Konami did nothing wrong, says... Well, there you go. Do you like potatoes? Of course. They're nutritious and delicious. Uh, someone says, what your favorite Chris Jericho moment? Yeah, I think when he revealed the list. I watched that promo the other day, like I say, and it made me laugh. Uh, Balvin says, now that Ali is a leader of Retribution, do you think Apollo and Ricochet could join the Hurt Business? Maybe for a Survivor Series type match. I think that's one of the more intriguing things on Raw, and it could save that story, which I like, but again, it's just gone a little bit too long. That would um, that would be quite interesting. Uh, Brian says, why do Mace and T-Bar look like Bane and Predator? It's because they're wearing Bane and Predator type masks. That is certainly intentional. I, I do not doubt it whatsoever. Note Miner says why, and of course the answer is here's why. Um, just a bunch of grappling emojis <laughs> says who's your breakout guy gal team from year one of aew dynamite well mjf sammy guevara darby allen and there's a lot of people here but these are guys that have just won me over luchasaurus to a certain extent but i was kind of already aware of him but he'd certainly be in that list too um and you could even argue john moxie which i know sounds silly but he feels like such a bigger deal than he did when he was dean ambrose I, I would put that on there. But I think probably the number one has to be Hangman Adam Page. Because when we had Adam Page versus Chris Jericho for the AW World title, nobody really wanted Page to win. Aside from a few people, like we can't put the belt on a 50-year-old Jericho, not understanding how business works in any sense in the imagination. But now he is a well-developed, well-designed character with a bunch of depth, really interesting. He could go face or heel, and he'd have the justification to do it. And if he did win the world title by the end of the year, which I don't think he will, he would have such a swelling of support. So that is how you build a star. You could probably build the company around Hangman Page one day. 
I mean, maybe not just yet, but they're going in that direction. And that is pretty damn incredible. Uh, Robert says, how do wrestlers learn to do aerobatic moves like diving through the ropes? Do you just take a deep breath and give it a go? Or do you attempt it first on trampolines? Well, you can do that. Or just practice like anything else. So let's say you're going to do, I can't think of a, a moonsault for the first time. You get a big crash pad out and you do it on the crash pad about 100 times. And then when you feel a bit belly, do it into the ring. And then you put a body underneath and you hope you don't kill him. <laughs> it's true. It's kind of like any uh, anything else in life. Uh, Fayaz says, how utterly fantastic was TakeOver last week? It was really good. I had a very good time watching it. Uh, the only thing missing for it to be ranked among the best was the killer DIY revival American Alpha AOP tag title match. Yeah, it's probably fair. I think it could have done with something like that. But either way, it was good. Uh, Matthew says, what's been your favorite and worst moment of 2020 for wrestling? Well, worst moment's not hard. When we banned fans and everything shut down. The best moment, I mean, I'm going to be forgetting stuff, but the stadium stampede comes to mind. The Boneyard match comes to mind. Um, oh, see, I'm going to be missing so much. The Firefly Funhouse match comes to mind. I mean, Randy Orton has been pretty damn good, so you have to talk about that. Same with Cody and that you know squash match to, to Brody Lee. I got a massive kick out of that. There'll be so many things. I'm. It hasn't been a bad year for wrestling. It's just been this massive asterisk over the whole thing because the system shut down. And that's been the real, you know, I mean, it took us so long to sort of get used to it. And then the Thunderdome became a thing and AEW found their way. But they're going to have to keep changing and chopping as we all are in this crazy 12 months. But there'll definitely be something. I mean, Miro debuting, it wasn't the greatest debut ever. But as a fan, it got me really excited. And if I'm excited and entertained, something, uh, something must have done right. Uh, not asking that one because it's stupid and <laughs> irrelevant. Uh, Bruiser says, which wrestling move do you always jump out of your seat for every time you see it? The Canadian Destroyer. I'm never going to let it become old. I think it's absolutely great. And we'll finish with Brian who says, now that Mustafa Ali has been revealed as a leader of Retribution, do you think this will tie into the hacker storyline he was originally going to be revealed in? Well, we think it was going to be Ali. We don't actually know for sure, right? So we'll have to see if they do. I mean, if it was, I think they certainly should give it a go. Because I think that would be really, really fun. And it would actually give us a, a, a finishing moment for that, which we didn't have before. I just hope they treat him like a top star. I really like Ali. I really, really do. I always have done. I always felt like there was um, a reason to believe in him more than the company seemed to. But it feels like we've got back to that. And I think that's really cool. So that's what I'm excited about. Retribution has been um, an up and down, haha, funny, funny experiment. But maybe now we're getting everything together and it's actually going to be a plus. I'm all for those guys and I hope they uh, I hope they do really well. I believe in them. I support them. On that note, we will bring it to uh, a close. I'm going to go and rest my eye, which is true. I'm not going to lie to you. I will try and get... I know the podcast have only been one a week. I am really, really sorry. It's just been a crazy time. But that's 2020. That's just what 2020 is. But yeah, my point is... Hopefully we'll get a draft episode done. Hopefully I'll start smashing out a couple of week, a uh, couple of ones next week and we'll get back to it. But even a 45-minute dose of this bald asshole is hopefully good enough for you. And if not, you can tell me. That's <laughs> the most fantastic thing about the internet. Uh, take care of yourselves and I'll talk to you all again very soon.